An early aspect of my work was using my platform to put these underrepresented people and marginalized people in the forefront so that, you know, we're changing representations. Welcome back to Have a Map, where we talk all things career. I'm your host, Mamadou Enjai, here on a very snowy day in New York, but we got everyone from all over the place. So, um, but before we get started, I want to introduce one of our shining interns who's just killed it uh, since day one of the internship. Uh, Dana, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone? Definitely. So as you said, my name is Dana. I'm a videography intern here at DIM. I'm currently a senior at Loyola University Chicago, and I'm studying film and digital media. Well, dope, dope. Yep. And Dana's just come in and really took a, a leadership standpoint quiet leader, but someone who can really just show by example and lead by example. So super excited to have her on the podcast. And today we have our guest, Sugar, who was introduced to me through a mutual friend, um, Ellen, who was also on the podcast as well. So she was like, hey, you should reach out to my friend Sugar. She'd be great for our podcast. So Sugar, what's up? How are you doing? How's it going? What's up? I'm Sugar Milk. AKA Haley Scott. Yeah, I'm doing good. How y'all doing? I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. Me too. Me too. So just to jump right into it, right? What is it that you actually do? I'm an artist, which I feel like is very vague and open-ended, but um, I'm an artist who has a focus in photography, I would like to say. I don't like to, con like, it's so weird. I don't like to call myself like a photographer straight up even though that's what I do and that's my career, just because um, I don't want to be a person with a camera. I'm an artist, so the camera is my paintbrush. But yeah, I'm a photographer, artist, influencer, personality, all of that. Very, very cool. And we're so excited to have you on. Um, we've seen a bunch of your work and it's amazing. And I'm going to kind of let Dana kind of take it from here and, and start with some of our questions for you. Yeah, so I guess to start us off, what does your kind of day-to-day -day look like? Does it vary? Is it consistent? Well, should I answer that for pre-COVID or should I answer that for COVID? We can start with pre-COVID. Okay. Pre-COVID, well, and either way, either side of the coin, um, my day-to-day -day is never the same. Like there, I have zero routine, which is pretty stressful being a freelance artist. But before COVID, it was some days I'm on a flight to step off the plane to go to a shoot, or I'm spending all day long editing uh, video or photos, whatever I'm working on. Or another day-to-day -day could be like I'm having clients with potential, or I'm sorry, I'm having meetings with potential clients. Um, networking, social events, you know, just kind of, it, it's never the same day to day. It's always something different. So I'm always moving. I was never sitting still before COVID. I was always shooting. I would have three shoots a day sometimes. It like, usually in a week, I would have at least five to six shoots. So whether that was like three in a day or like spread out um, and then editing in between. So um, kind of never a break because when you have to shoot and work that much and travel that much and everything you're editing in your off time which is when normal people would be eating and sleeping and having friends so oh, that's so weird. <laughs> yeah no that's real and uh talking about post or now within COVID right like mm -hmm. what have been some of those adjustments 
for you? Well, it's been so hard because my job literally relies on people. I mean, what I shoot and like what I focus on is people. Like I shoot editorial photography, kind of like magazine style vibe, like putting them on like the highest pedestal we can, even if we're just linking for like 10 minutes. But it's hard because when the virus takes away your uh, interaction with people, like that kind of leaves me out of work on small scale and large scale. Like I would usually have like, um, NBA games or uh, a huge concert or something in between an event like Nike, something to do in between these like editorial moments with these people. So then when everything's gone, like eventually with closer circles, I could start linking with people again. But those are people that you have like a legitimate relationship with, not just random people. So I've had to change a lot in what I do and find different ways to make money. So that's been very difficult. I've been back to my starving artist days, um, but a lot of editing, even catching up on old work, kind of like doing some of the other stuff, like just creating and drawing and whatever to keep my inspiration going. But yeah, it's been it's been interesting during COVID. You mentioned how you might feel a little bit more restricted with COVID and you don't have as much room to kind of do what you want to do. So is there anything you do when you're kind of lacking that like creative inspiration? Well, I feel like my answer is not an inspirational answer. My real answer is I really like to play Fortnite <laughs> and I love to play with my dog, you know, like he's literally here in my lap right now sleeping. Sorry, I just woke him up. Um, you know, so it's, it's one or the other. I'm super couch potato and I'm just kind of like playing my video games, kind of passing time, whatever, or I'm doing the opposite. I'm taking an adventure with my dog. And that's great because I gain a lot of inspiration. Like I get, I get my inspiration from just living life. I'm not really the type that gets inspiration from another artist. I just get my inspiration from what speaks to me. So when I do something active like that, getting out, seeing things, breathing the air, smelling the smells, all of that stuff, I get really inspired and can daydream to want to get back to creating. And then that I can take back to my home or small scale and uh, build a set, create, you know, something like that. Does that answer the question? Did I go really far off? No, that was perfect. Okay. No, no, you're, you're doing a great job. Okay, um, <laughs> it's all good. You're crushing it. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> One thing I want to know is for you, right? And it can be so hard. People always ask, like, what are your favorite projects that you've ever worked on, right? And you've done a lot of dope stuff. Uh, even I saw, like, some stuff that you were doing with NBA All-Star, which probably was a, a crazy weekend and super, super busy for you. But for you, what what have been some of your, like, favorite projects? Maybe favorite projects. Maybe it's not one. Maybe it's multiple. But for you, like, what projects really stand out um, for you? In your portfolio yeah um one that comes to mind probably because it's like right behind me is this shoot with uh g herbo and his son that was and his son uh his son was really kind of young then too that was really exciting because i'm i love i'm shooting hip-hop a lot and i love that world but this was like blending more of like the fine art even though it was just a kind of a standard studio shoot it was blending more of that with this hard uh, rap hip hop world. And um, I really loved it because it was with his sons and G Herbo, as you might know, is like a, is, he's a G, like he's tough. He's, he's, you know, a real street dude. So his raps are real. So having that type of like 
strong masculinity and then be able to shoot these intimate moments with his son and you know just like little things like kisses on the cheek or things like that that you like you don't normally get to see from this type of person especially up close and personal um I really enjoyed capturing that and I felt like those images were really important and the type of thing that will like live on forever and you know a lot of like merch came from that so it's cool I get to see my photos around a lot and then I would say like on the opposite scale I was hired a few years ago to go to Poland and photograph the Pope Pope Francis so that was like oh, a wow. whole right like that was like a whole <laughs> other like up close and personal with this superset like what so I did like this two-week pilgrimage in Poland like through the mountains through the city of Krakow like everything and like it it was revolving around this thing called world youth day which is like this huge pilgrimage with like every country i think it was like 183 countries represented and the pope like goes to it and speaks at it and everything but since i was hired to photograph him and be pressed for him i was like this close you know like at these events where you look around and it's literally millions of people and you are just this one little jelly bean right next to the Pope of all people. So that was really um, exciting. And the travel surrounding that was life-changing, like drinking from a spring, from a glacier and like random lambs in the, in the forest. I don't know, like it was amazing. So like opposite ends, but great times. <laughs> and that diversity in your portfolio is amazing, right? Like going from this world of hip hop to, to shooting the Pope, right? And we talk a little bit about How'd you get started in this, right? Uh, like, I know you're originally from Detroit, but like, how do you get started even in shooting, right? I know, you know, with our interns, we always talk about post high school, right? So like mm -hmm. post high school, what did that space kind of look like for you? Um, well, in high school is when I started, like, as I mentioned, I'm an artist. So I do, I've always done everything from painting to drawing to, you know, sculpting, whatever. But um, I actually didn't even pick up a camera for real until high school. They offered a photography class and I'm like, yeah, like my sister did it and I admired her. So I was like, I'll give it a shot. And then I just like had apparently like I, it wasn't even like, I didn't really notice, but everybody else started to notice that I had like a, a big knack for it and just like a, a talent for it. So people started pushing me to do it. Like it was kind of like, I know you're really good at this. Don't stop. And I had actually from the time that I was like a child, also have not even mentioned this, but as a child, I was actually focused in music. So I was in choir, I was in like competitive music, I was learning opera, like I was on track to be an opera singer of all things. And then when I picked up the camera and I kind of fell in love with that, it was like, this made more sense because as an artist, like while I love using my voice and like singing and like things like that, I was expressing somebody else's art and somebody else's message. And I really wanted to be able to communicate my way with my message. So photography was a way that I was able to like communicate. Like I'm, I have a lot going on in my head. I'm an artist. So it's like, there's so much in me that I can't put in words still, you know? So the camera helped me manipulate reality or capture reality in a way that helped me communicate or try to or like have somebody get on that level so that being said I started doing it a lot and enjoyed it but then people started paying me for it like I got hired for my first wedding to shoot when I was 17 a junior in high school and then my college ended up like recruiting me college for creative studies shout out um in Detroit uh they recruited me when I was going into my senior year and offered me a full ride on this like special program. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. So 
in college, you know, I'm, I'm at one of the greatest art schools in the country. Thank God, you know, and I'm being taught so many different things. Like our fundamentals, like we didn't have math or science. We literally had drawing and painting and wood shop and like things like that. So I was like fully, fully, fully immersed into creating and understanding what it means to create and all of these things like in a like scholarly level as well as an experimental level so me being who I am and already having worked like for money essentially when I was still in high school for it I kept that freelance like train kind of pushing like I would reach out to brands that I liked and 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 it helps that like I also modeled when I was uh younger I'm 30 now so I like retired that but like I was like modeling at the same time as shooting and like my biggest my favorite thing to shoot at the time partially like was myself like these weird self-portraits of like self-exploration um so I started reaching out to brands being like yo like if you want to give me some product I'll give you some photos you know and I would usually just shoot myself or shoot my friends etc and that kind of got the ball rolling and like, oh, this person's like a working photographer, like this, what they do, you know. Um, and let me backtrack. I'm so sorry. I mentioned music because music was my whole life. So all of my friends were musicians. Like I've always dated the band boys in, in high school. And then like I, I had so many friends in hip hop in Detroit and just music in general, indie bands, everything. And those were like my people. Like that's who I knew. So I was always photographing them. I was always at their shows. I was always hanging out with them anyway. Like we're hanging, smoking, chilling at the crib. Like, yo, let's do like this editorial photo shoot. Like we don't got nothing else to do. Like, let's make this look like it's supposed to be in like Vice magazine or something like that and just shoot. And the more that I did that, where it's just like, this is genuinely like my passion, but at the same time, it was useful and people saw that it was useful for their brands and who they were. And it put them on a certain pedestal in a professional way that like it was mutually beneficial. So the ball kind of rolled that way and how I got established with that. No, I think that's perfect. Like, honestly, a lot of what you talked about, and, and we always reiterate this in our internship program, is just like, having something that you're attaining to, right? So you always talk about like, hey, I wanted to shoot with these brands, right? So stuff that you are trying to get to, right? And I want to shoot something like Vice, right? So I feel like that's so important when like going throughout your process because you're figuring out what you like and what you don't like, but at the same mm -hmm. time, you're trying to get to a taste level or a, a stylistic level that is professional, right? And I feel like a lot of the time, sometimes people don't think about just going to that level. They just think about like, you know, going off of whatever their friends are doing, right? And I think mm -hmm. it shows in a lot of your work because like, I always like to look at people's profile, right? And you've been shooting in your style for a long time and I scroll like all the way through your Instagram and I've seen it, it's consistent, right? Mm -hmm. um, so for you, what would you say, and, and maybe when did you start to find your style, right? Because mm -hmm. it seems like it's been a consistent style that's just growing and growing, right? Because I feel like a lot of, and, and sometimes you see it on Instagram where a lot of people just kind of copy a certain style mm -hmm. that they see someone else do and they're like, oh, I'm just gonna do that because that's trendy. But yours has been really consistent and it's unique to your eye. So when did you really fully develop that? I like this question because 
style is like your personal style is one of the most important things to being an artist and to being somebody that stands out like that's something that we were even taught in college was just like if you don't have your style like your trademark style you're not going to be known or successful not for real you know like because like you said everybody's copying everybody else and um, it's just not genuine so part of how I benefit is that I've been shooting since before Instagram even existed. So I was already like working on developing my style and what it means to me. Um, and I never like I, I wasn't raised with that mentality to look at what like just the social media mentality, like some people, which I don't know how old you are, but some people were literally born having iPhones. Like I didn't even get one. I didn't even get a cell phone until I was 16 in high school. So like, I'm just from a different like time, you know, in general, where it's just like, I wasn't used to like looking at other people, but it's also not like, it's not just Instagram's fault or the generation necessarily, because there's a lot of people who get their inspiration from other people and there's nothing wrong from that uh, with that, but it's just so important to understand yourself and develop yourself. So part of me discovering my style is firstly, um, what do I mean? Like when I'm creating, what do I mean? What am I trying to say? Like, and, and who is saying it basically? So when I explore myself and like what makes me and like what drives me, like there's like this dark, tough, gritty, raw, hood, whatever aspect. And then on the other hand, there's sugar. Like there's like the cute purple, pink, blue, ice, glitter, like feminine as hell, like whatever size. So like I have like these two and then like every fucking thing in between, but like I have these two sides to me. So those like that comes together, like the stylized, like, stylistically in like color I'm talking like color and contrast and things like that like that shows up like the darkness the um the richness of my work and like the contrast in it as well as like especially when I moved to Chicago like I saw a lot of the same thing a lot of the same color schemes a lot of the same like thousands and thousands of likes on this identical city shot from the same spot that everybody shot in Chicago like that those were like who I saw were like the popular photographers in Chicago so I was like all right well new girl in town my like sugar milk colors are this pink like I'm known for pink or like baby blues and things like that like the pastel colors so I essentially started shooting the same things they were shooting, but like putting in my color palette and like pushing that heavy. And then before you know it, everybody's doing pink, but not saying that I started that, but it's just kind of like a, that's how people like see monkey, see monkey do. So it was funny because like a lot of even just like, I, I maybe could take some credit for some of the male photographers who started doing it after directly seeing my work. But anyway, the that's like style color palette wise and everything like that. Um, and then the style uh, of my message, I guess, is it's a lot of things. One thing is activism. Like there's activism in every single aspect of what I shoot, I would say, a aside from pretty photos here and there. Um, like part of why and who I shoot, who I shoot today is because back in Detroit, first of all, one of the blackest cities that there is, like 
the popular models and what was being represented at that time were skinny white blonde girls. And I'm looking around at all of my friends and all of the people I see on the street and all the people that I see doing actual things. And I'm like, that's not even who's in this city. Like, why is this person on the cover of the magazine and not my friend or, or this woman or this man or whatever? So an early aspect of my work was using my platform to put these underrepresented people and marginalized people in the forefront so that, you know, we're changing representation. So even if it's like, okay, I have a job for an oil, like a hair oil or like a skin oil, like if I have a job for like candles or whatever, which you could see on my um, website, a specific um, company I worked with, Detroit Rose, um, they're a candle company. So I get to pick my models. I'm going to pick models that shift representation. Um, and I'm going to pick models that, you know, like are decent people with integrity and like things like that. Like uh, the artist and the photographer I, I like to push for has a lot of power. Like us being in media, we control what people see. And mm -hmm. if we, as long as we are conscious about that, like we can do a lot of good in subtle ways. So even if it's a candle company, and this is not such a radical idea at all now, of course, it's 2020, but back in like 2010, it's like really not like what was happening as much. So uh, yeah, I'm rambling. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> the, there's the activism aspect and then there's just like the, the exploration aspect and everything. Like I'm just, I'm very only interested in what's real, even though a lot of my work is surreal when I'm shooting somebody like G Herbo or the baby or Meg the Stallion even, or just whatever, anybody in between, like I want to connect with who that person really is and show them how they're really seen and not how the audience wants to see them or thinks that they want to see them, you know? So it's just, did that answer? <laughs> you're doing it. You're doing okay. a great job. You're doing a great job. Like after every question, I'm like, does that answer? Is that good? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so after you kind of established your style and what makes you unique and what works for you, how did you kind of go about making sure that people saw your work and what you do? And how did you just go about like creating that solid foundation for yourself as an artist to get all these different clients? That's part of where I can thank Instagram is that I have been able to have this like living portfolio um, of what I do and what I shoot and things like that. So that Instagram has honestly rolled in a ton of business because I would say that 99%, maybe even 100% of my uh, clients are word of mouth. Like they're, they heard about me, so they hired me. And that goes from Nike and Jordan to uh, just a person, rapper, like literally anybody that's just like, oh, we heard about you. It was never like, a, I'm applying for this job type situation. That's really great to like get my work out there and be out there. Um, as well as I think just continuing what I do, like just it's who I am. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm never going to stop. Like, I don't know. I think that it's just so much who I am that it's also my personality. So when I'm existing in social like world, like social circles or going to an event or whatever, like that's still like who I am and people know it, whether I'm holding my camera or not, if that makes sense. I don't know. No, I think that makes sense. I wish that I did more like gallery work and things like that. That's something I would like to do more. Like having my work printed like this is really cool. Um, 
and these are just from shows that I have had. Um, so I, I would love to do that more, especially in a COVID world, because it would be nice to have more things that like physically live versus relying on internet. One thing that I'm curious to know from you is one thing, well, what we really like to do, especially with some of our conversation is get into like your brain, right? Learn a little bit about like, what is your process of shooting, right? Because one thing you talked about is getting to know the person for who they truly are, right? And especially with you working with celebrities and that you already might, you know, most people come in with a preconceived notion, this is who the person is, and then they're trying to capture that, right? But for you, what's your process like, right? Because one, I'm sure some of these people are like, oh, they're super dope first, right? And then you're like, all right, let me focus and really get to know who they are. So can you walk us through some of your process when you are shooting those people? Well, I think that part of what benefits me, and I, I really don't mean this to sound disrespectful to other artists, it's more so just a comment that I am just very aloof in my life. And as I already mentioned, I don't really like seek out getting inspiration from other artists. And that kind of goes for everything. Like if I find music, I just find it. If I find an artist, I just find it. Like it's not. Anyway, so a lot of times I actually don't know who the person really is until I meet them. And that's not the case for these bigger celebrities and um, athletes and things like that. But sometimes it is. And that's kind of like the way that I walk into it, even if I do know who they are, is that I don't know you. And we're just here because we are working together, we're collaborating. So in my head, I'm like, we're low key on the same level. I know that we're not, especially if it's like, all right, I'm shooting Meg the Stallion, like <laughs> I'm just over here in the corner. But like, I still come in with that, like, yo, we're all here for the same purpose and we are all here in the same room together. So like, we're obviously on some type of level. So in my head, like I tell myself, like, you know, you belong firstly, which gives me the ability to talk to somebody and interact with somebody without like being starstruck or without the preconceived notion or whatever. And fortunately for me, like it's easier for me to shoot men than it might be for a male photographer to shoot men. So like, especially when it comes to a rapper, so they'll definitely like play to the camera and it's easier to kind of like work with them and women too. I'm not saying that they're not, but I just think that me being a female photographer, I can have some more access to my male clients sometimes because, um, they, I don't know, I'm going to skip over that. But I think that it's just a matter of like, talking to them as if they are your fellow colleague, and we're just all here to get to know each other. And I really do just treat everybody like, oh, we've like been friends, you know, and like, I have a lot of respect for them. So uh, I think that when you approach somebody who's used to being approached with these preconceived notions, and who's used to being approached with these like I don't know anxiety or whatever and you're just like yo what's up like we finna shoot this is cool oh I really like your bracelet where's that from you know like things like that just like making them feel comfortable and not because they're a star like we're just making you feel comfortable because we're just here to work together so I think that that really helps because just like being charming or whatever like really people just like to talk to that especially a person who is used to not that so that's perfect that's perfect okay good I didn't ask this time I was like I'm not gonna <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that a lot of times you'll have three shoots a day 
Um, and on top of that, the editing that goes along with it afterwards, and that can get pretty hectic and overwhelming. And so how do you kind of practice self-care? Well, okay, I'm going to tell you like my real answer that you can feel free to edit out, especially if this is going to the youth, but I, I smoke. I definitely need my free, my little vacation. Um, and that really helps me. I, it helps me relax. Like as an artist, there's so much going on all of the time. It's honestly crazy. So that's like one thing that helps me just kind of streamline my thoughts. Like, let's just focus on this. Let's just relax. Um, besides that though, I mentioned earlier, which I hate to repeat is long walks with my dog. <laughs> I feel like I'm on a, a dating app right now. I like long walks on the, on the sunset <laughs> beach. And, <laughs> but yeah, I like, I like to walk with my dog. Um, I like to, I just moved into this new place that has basically like a hotel shower. So I like to like steam it up with eucalyptus. Um, I'm obsessed with eucalyptus. So I've got like eucalyptus shampoo, body wash, pillow mist, like everything in between. Um, you know what? Another thing is I really like candles. I like to light a candle and I'm really big on scent. If I have a comfortable scent and a comfortable blanket, I'm really happy. But I'm actually kind of not great at self-care. I'm going to be very honest. I'm definitely the type of person who puts everything and everybody else's needs and everything else before mine. And then I really often neglect my own self-care, which is not good. Like the do not do not, uh, um, what is that expression? Do as I say, not as I do or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I wouldn't suggest this. And it's something that I'm looking for an answer for. And I have to be much more proactive. But um, it's also kind of like weirdly a reason why I'm a photographer too, is because like, it's all about you, you know, like, it's like, yeah, it's about me, because like, I'm the artist who creates it. And I'm very big on my respect as an artist. But like, at the same time, like, it's, for you like we're doing this for you it's for you to have this platform and this pedestal and, and to look your best and all of these things so I'm really not used to thinking about myself so I kind of have like little quick band-aids and quick fixes but long-term self-care I should get better at I would love to get back into yoga because that cleared my mind so much like when I was 24 doing yoga morning and night I like I think I could have done anything in the world so I should get back to that. Love that. That's a great answer, though, because I think it's one is an honest assessment. But then I always talk about self-care as like a journey, right? Mm -hmm. Like it always is constantly changing. And, you know, for me, I was I'm 28. But, you know, when I was first in college and I went to school in Chicago, like nobody was talking about self-care. So like for mm -hmm. me, this is a very new thing, right, where it's like, all right, you know, you do this like freelance life and, and you're you're an entrepreneur and you're just figuring stuff out so self-care has to be something that just kind of you figure it out as it comes along right and sometimes mm -hmm. it's not going to be perfect but you're going to try and, and do what you can to really take time for yourself and I feel like for me long walks is, is always something that's really great for me um, so I can just kind of like get in my head, listen to music and really like just get in the zone. So I, I relate to that a lot. Mm -hmm. What else do you guys do for self-care? Dana, what do you do? I also have been into going for long walks, but it's getting difficult now just because it's freezing out. So mm -hmm. I need to find <laughs> something new, but sometimes I'll throw on a face mask. I'm also into candles, um, mm. but I definitely agree with you about it's easy to like kind of neglect yourself as far as self-care, just because, especially during COVID, because like 
there's no separation from work and home. And so you're kind of just like, well, my desk is right here. I should be doing work. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely important to kind of sit down and just figure out some ways to practice self-care. I need to like carve out an hour yeah. and something, but surprise, surprise, I'm horrible at time management. <laughs> you're all good. So kind of wrapping up, right? For us, and I, we prepped about, we talked about this earlier, right? But for you, what is maybe a song, an artist, or maybe there's an album that kind of speaks to who you are currently um, and things that you're dealing with or things that you're going through? So maybe there's a song, maybe there's an album you've been listening to where you're like, yo, this is just me and this embodies my mood, which is a very hard question, so... I'm gonna ask you, Sugar. Very hard question. Yeah. Can somebody else go first? Are you gonna ask other people? Dana, do you want to go first? For sure, I can go. I don't know that this artist maybe like speaks to who I am, but I feel like Dua Lipa has just gotten me through the whole semester. I think her music is just a great like pump up mood. Like it gets me productive, and I just think she does a great job of like maintaining her own style and keeping like musical variability also in the album. So I've been really into her lately. Do you have a favorite song by her that I should check out? I've heard about her, but I've never given her a listen, I'm ashamed to say. Mm. Levitating, it's the most popular one, but it's it's so good. Levitating or Cool is also a bop. Okay, I would definitely check that out. Dua Lipa's Fire. Levitating, yeah. I didn't want to love it, but I watched the music <laughs> video. That's the one with the baby, right? I've never seen the music video, actually. Oh, I'm really, I'll answer my, for me, and then we'll go to you, Sugar. But um, for me, I'm into um, the UK uh, grime music. I don't know if you're familiar. Okay. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> okay. So um, I really like Hetty One. He has, well, his project was really dope. Um, I think a lot of people know him off of the Drake and him collaboration, but or the song. Say, how do you feel? How do you feel that, about Drake trying to be British? <laughs> you know, Drake. You know, he does his thing on the on that record. He was on there. He, he did his thing, and he always has like he must really study the game. So I always give props to Drake because he comes in there and does his thing. But yeah, mm-hmm. Hetty One is one of my favorites. Um, and then there's this other guy named uh, Dutch Avelli who's Stefan Don's brother. Um, so he got a whole like vibe going. But yeah, those are my two favorite people right now. Okay, for me, I'm gonna start with mainstream. I really love Lil Baby, like a lot. I'm not really sure what it is, but I'm kind of obsessed with anything that he's done that I've ever heard. So for whatever reason, I love him. I think that he's our greatest radio rapper currently. Um, beyond that, I love me some Freddie Gibbs. Freddie Gibbs is mm. a dope human being in person and he is an amazing artist. I love Freddie Gibbs. He's he's like, because I'm, I'm all about the realness. He's somebody who's like not capping with his rap. You know what I mean? So like what he's going to talk about is going to be reality and it's going to sound good and it's going to sound just as scary as some of the shit he'd be on or just as like a uh, creative or just as like holy like all these like any aspect that he's trying to convey it sounds like that too so um i really love me some freddie gibbs and uh benny the butcher by way of freddie gibbs because i love the songs that they did together 
And so I got into Benny the Butcher off of hearing that and he's decent as well. And then like something that speaks to my life, I'm not going to give too much context, but um, some listening homework, if you haven't heard it, it's actually by Ray Charles um, in his younger years. And it's called Don't Know Why. And it's just like, basically, like, I don't know why I love you type song, but it's just like, I mean, I love my Motown and I love my oldies. So like I had to throw that in there too. It's just a very, very passionate, amazing song that I have found myself like crying to, but like screaming at the top of my lungs. So I really love that diversity in uh, <laughs> song in artist selection. You went Thanks. from Little Baby <laughs> to Ray Charles. That's fire. That's dope. That's really dope. Kind of like my uh, work. It's, yeah. it's very all into the spectrum here. That's <laughs> so cool. Included. And that really just talks to like, just off of this conversation, like really understanding you, right? Like, and, and I think that's one thing that is so fascinating when you have these conversations with these people who are killing it in their careers, right? Mm -hmm. They always talk about, it's me just being me, right? And mm -hmm. the sooner we get to that point, I feel like of being comfortable with just being yourself, the more mm -hmm. that you really fully immerse into like your purpose and your calling, right? I'm very spiritual and, and, and truly believe that everybody has a purpose. And once you live fully in that, everything is just going to kind of come aligned and, and come into fruition for you as a mm -hmm. person. So, Amen. And the most important thing is individual thought, like free thinking. It is so important. And everything that we have today is trying to get us to not be that way. Like we're in the TikTok era where everything is identical and even Instagram or just whatever. So everything is trying to distract us from just us tapping into us. And it's so important. It's so important from politics to art. Dana, any last question before we wrap up? I think that about does it. Well, Sugar, I just want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for um, having me. I appreciate it so much. Like, And one thing we like to do is give everybody um their flowers um so we always give everyone a round of applause on the podcast oh, just one thing we okay. love to do see look everybody like Yay. it <laughs> <laughs> well, well thank you guys so much for having me it's been really fun my first zoom and my first thank you so much for coming on it was a great conversation well where can people find you um we always like to to shot that out um and we'll put that when we edit edit the video so Yes. Um, uh, my Instagram is at sugar milk. So with two K's. So S U G A R M I L K K. And my website is Haley Scott, H A L E Y S C O T T dot co, not dot com dot co, which needs to be updated, but they've got some decent stuff on it. So, well, we'll send people your way. Awesome. Um, we appreciate it. So, Thank you, everyone, for listening, whether this is your morning routine, after, afternoon routine, or the routine you have before you go to sleep. Uh, we are out. Skr, skr. <laughs>